I need to tell you about two men, both Catholics. One is now a major player in the NFL. He's in his rookie year. The other one played football through college, but now is in the seminary. These two men graduated earlier this year. One of them, there's been some waves made about him. Harrison Butkert is on the Kansas City Chiefs. He's, one of their, he's their kicker. Recently, there was an article in the Columbia Magazine, the Knights of Columbus Magazine, that talked about these two men and their feud and then their friendship. Harrison Butker grew up Catholic, you might say nominally practicing. He was received his First Holy Communion confession when he was second grade, but didn't make his next confession until his conversion in college. He didn't play football at the beginning. He was into soccer and basketball. On the other hand, Grant Asin played football since he was in the second grade. He also was nominally practicing, although they did go every Sunday, but he didn't really understand what was taking place again until he got to college. For Grant Asin, his conversion, though, began to the Lord when he experienced what they call whiplash of the brain. In the high school game, he was knocked flat. As a result of that injury, he was medevaced. And after that, his pastor, the priest, uh, his parish priest, said to him at one point, he said, how does it feel to be a miracle, a living miracle? Got him thinking. And then when he got to college at Georgia Tech, his brother, who was involved with the Catholic campus ministry, uh, got him involved, and he began to take his faith more seriously, understanding it. He met Harrison Butker on the field. As a result of his injury, he was no longer able to play the position that he wanted to, but he thought he could be a walk-on uh, kicker. Problem was, he hadn't played soccer or any other sport that would prepare him for that. His joy and his love of life, that is, Grant Asins, really ticked off Harrison Butker, who thought he was just uh, <laughs> kind of goofing off as he was kicking and practicing on the field. He even had Harrison Butker video him as he was practicing. He says, I really need some help here. He didn't get on the first year, his sophomore year, he was able to get on the team, though. Later, though, that very joy that was in Asin that had really ticked off Harrison attracted him. He said, although he was doing very, very well for Georgia Tech, there was something that was missing in his life. When he had got to college, he had decided he was going to leave behind his faith. He wasn't going to practice it anymore with its restrictive rules. But then he, he noticed this, this joy that was in Asin. I just want to read you a quote from the article here. Though Butner was thriving on the field, he increasingly felt frustrated and lonely. An occasional churchgoer during his high school years, Butner entered college planning to put what he perceived as the oppressive rules and regulations of the church far behind him. But that separation had failed to bring happiness. 
Ironically, Buckner found himself turning to the punter who had once irritated him so much. I knew Grant was a practicing Catholic, and I also saw that he was joyful. I didn't understand how someone could live the way the church wants us to and still be joyful. So that conversation began a conversion in his life, which led him into practicing his faith much more deeply, joining the Knights of Columbus and getting involved with the Catholic campus ministry. Okay, why do I bring up these two men today? Because today is Gaudete Sunday. That opening verse which we hear from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. We are meant to be a call, to be a light, to be honey to the world, to bring them to Christ. By the way we live our life, we are meant to attract people by our joy. Normally, this would be the uh, little bit past half point in Advent. Now it's <laughs> even less because we only have one more Sunday, which is also then Christmas Eve. So yes, we need to rejoice. We are so close to our Lord's coming. The four reading or the uh, three readings and the responsorial psalm all emphasize or bring out this aspect of joy. In the first reading from Isaiah, it says, I rejoice heartily in the Lord. This is a good translation, but actually, the words that are in Latin say, Gaudebo, or Gaudens Gaudebo, which more literally would be translated, I rejoice rejoicingly in the Lord. This overflowing of joy. In my God is the joy of my soul. Then in the responsorial song, which was taken actually from Luke's Gospel. It's the Magnificat of Mary. My soul rejoices in my God. Then in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all circumstances give thanks. Another way of characterizing this joy or this rejoicing in the Lord is in the very word we use for Mary's canticle, the Magnificat. It means to magnify, to exalt, to glory in the Lord. What do you glory in? Some people, they glory in their victory, their beating someone else, someone, some accomplishment. But do we glory in the Lord? Do we exalt in Him? Do we find our joy in God? You know, for both of those men, for Harrison and Asen, they found, had a moment of salvation, a moment of conversion. And that's what enabled them to experience joy in their lives. We too need to go back and see that it is because we have been saved Saved from sin, ultimately. Maybe there's something else, though, that we've been saved from. A situation that could have been disastrous. Maybe we haven't been saved from a life-threatening situation. But maybe God removed something that could have been 
very harmful physically or spiritually for us. I remember when I was in Rome studying, uh, I was walking to school or walking back from school, and I almost stepped out right into the road, and a friend of mine caught me and said, stop, wait, and immediately there right came after a car. If I had stepped in front of it, he would have had no time to slow down. I would have been flattened. And I remember the rest of that day thinking, my life is on loan. I have a new life. God just gave me my life again. And maybe some of us have had an experience like that, a near uh, car crash or something else. But the fact is, even if we haven't, our life is a great gift. None of us is here by necessity. None of us deserves to be here. Our life is a complete gift from God at each and every moment. And so it ought to bring us joy. When we find ourselves complaining, having a negative attitude, looking at life uh, from a, a perspective that makes us sad, we need to remember that all those things that are weighing us down are nothing compared to the great gift of life and God's presence with us. Joy is one of those infallible signs of the Holy Spirit's presence. And so as we get near the end of our journey here of Advent, we draw close to the coming of Christ. We are called to joy. Let's finally look at the gospel here. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. And when John is asked, who are you? Are you the Christ? No. Are you Elijah? No. Are you the prophet? No. What does he respond? I am the voice of one crying out in the desert, magnifying in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord. Highways, roads were not as they, we know them today back then. When a king was coming to a province to visit, they would make great efforts to make his way more pleasant, easier to travel, remove things that would be obstacles, flatten, level the road. And so John is spiritually out in the desert, the place where Israel had been for 40 years before they entered the promised land so that the people might enter into the new promised land that Christ will bring. The voice of one crying out, make straight the way of the Lord. We are called by our life to make straight the way of the Lord. And we can do that in a powerful way by our joy. Grant Asen is now in the seminary. He's begun uh, his first year. Keep him in your prayers. He could have, since he had, uh, didn't play his, his freshman year, he could have stayed an extra year. And uh, as the coach said at Georgia Tech, he would have had an opportunity to probably be uh, a, a, a contender for uh, the first place in being a kicker. But instead, he responded to a higher calling to follow his priestly uh, vocation. Pray for him that he might persevere if this is truly God's will. 
and pray uh, for Harrison Butker, who's engaged to be married in February. May the joy that they found be a joy that we always share with others.